0: hosted friend Shelley. Hello. And I have Rich Casper here with us again, the guy that raises the average IQ of the room when he walks in, <laughs> unlike me who raises it when I walk out. <laughs> so, whatever. Rich. Rich.
1: All right.
0: <laughs> so, Rich was my partner in crime that got fired with me twice, if you didn't hear the last episode. <laughs> yes, um, exactly. <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's the only job Rich has ever been fired from. Yes.
2: <laughs> we didn't get fired just once, but twice. Yahoo! There are just some goals I don't know if they're worth working for. That might be one That's of them. <laughs> true. That That's I do not recommend this. Please
0: do not try this at home. So... <laughs> <laughs> so, any of you, please, like, I would love to hear how people are. If they're as shocked to hear this stuff as I was when I was living it, yes. I would, please, like, leave some comments, send me a message, something. Like, I would love to hear what you all are thinking about this. Me,
2: too. <laughs> I would like to hear, yeah. too. Like, what in the world is going on?
0: Okay, yeah, it feels a lot like some insanity. Okay, so my sister called and told me that. I needed to clarify this, and I do. Because the reason that I brought Rich on is not just that he's like way smarter than I am. It's also, this was a world that would just come second nature to him. Rich had his CPA, so he had been an accountant. Then he went back to school, got his master's in business, so he had an MBA also. Then he went back to school and got his law degree, so his JD. And here's what's crazy in the investigation So I brought him in because not only was he smarter, but he was way more educated. And this was his world, white collar stuff, investigation, forensic investigating. This is totally his world. And so I brought him in for that purpose. And then when we got going in the investigation, the New Yorkers that we were teamed up with would not allow him to work. For two months, like they hired us. I was the only one that was able to work. And like I told you, they kind of tied my hands behind my back half the time. And they wouldn't even allow Rich to work. They said it was because he didn't have a PI license. (laughs) Okay, it's hilarious. So eventually, I was so frustrated that I went above them and went to legal counsel for the house And I sat in their office and said, hey, hey, look, I'm so frustrated. The New Yorkers are spending our tax dollars like crazy, jumping on planes from New York to Salt Lake to do work that Rich and I could be doing. But they won't let us do any work. They won't let us work together. In fact, they're not even letting Rich work at all because they say he's not a private investigator. He's just a lawyer, (laughs) which is hilarious because, and I said to them, and I'm talking to legal counsel. I was talking to two lawyers and they knew Rich. The one guy said, man, I went to law school with him and he's always the smartest guy in the class. That's crazy. And I said, look, if you want, I'll go get him. We'll get a PI license for him. But we all know in this room, we know that To have his law degree is much harder, a much higher bar to reach than it is to get a PI license. But I said, are you guys serious? You want him to get a PI license in addition to his bar license for him to be able to work with us? So they finally allowed him to work, but they tied his hands behind his back a bit, too. And you won't believe the other part that I have to explain to you. Remember, I said that the chairman said that our report would never see the light of day that the citizens of utah no one would ever know about it they said the reason was that it was because it went beyond the scope of swallow and the reason it went beyond the scope of swallow is what we were learning is that there were senators involved in this it was much bigger than swallow and they said they didn't have the money to investigate and and i'm actually quoting from an article that was published because the Robert Gerke with the Tribune was, Salt Lake Tribune was doing a story on this, wondering why the Lindquist report was not included in the House investigative report that they paid over $4 million for. And the chairman said the Lindquist findings, it, it, the actual quote is that they didn't make the panel's final presentation because some of the information was peripheral to our main focus, and, which was not on Mr. Swallow. I agree with that because, I like I said, it, it it included much bigger players, including Senator Harry Reid, and possibly the U.S. Attorney's Office, and some players that, from there. So when we finished the investigation, I was told that I couldn't re- cooperate with reporters, I couldn't talk to them. And the next thing I knew, one of the attorneys on the case had called me, <clears throat> Marcus Mumford, and he was the only attorney, by the way, that had been cooperative during the House investigation no one else would let us interview their client. And you're gonna hear a lot about Marcus in the upcoming episodes. He's an amazing guy. But Marcus did allow us to talk to his client. And so when the investigation was over, he called me and asked me for a copy of my report before the final report was done. And I said, I'm sorry, I cannot give it to you because of the contract I'm under. But we talked and they said, you know, if you, If I were subpoenaed, I'd have to give it to you. And so he's like, great, no problem. So he served me a subpoena, and I forwarded the subpoena to the chairman and legal counsel, and I said, "Here's I've received a subpoena to share my report. I don't know why I wouldn't cooperate with the subpoena. Please advise me how you'd like to handle it. If I don't hear from you, I will just cooperate. I never heard from them, so I cooperated and shared my report with him. He used my report mine and rich's report he used our report to ask the head u.s attorney in utah what is going on here's what we learned from the house investigators and there are some real questions as to some of the behaviors from the lead prosecutor in the case and we need to understand this why did this happen and he never responded to marcus mumford the u.s attorney never answered any of those questions but within A month, announced his resignation as the head U.S. attorney and moved to Chicago to run a big law firm. I don't know if there's a connection. There may be. There may not be. I have no idea. But I do find it a bit peculiar. And the other thing, and of course, John Swallow's attorney at the time said that they didn't believe any of our findings because it didn't make him look very good. And that it wasn't corroborated. And it wasn't corroborated because they fired us before we could corroborate everything. However, I did get some recordings. And I can't share them with all of you because of the contractual stuff. But there is a, a news story about this. And here's how the news story came out. So I had given the report to Marcus Mumford, the attorney, in compliance with that subpoena. And the next thing I knew about three weeks later... So all these news outlets wanted to know what was in the Lindquist report, our report, Rich and mine. And I mean, I got calls from ABC National News in New York, which I couldn't talk. I I couldn't share with them a report. I got a call from Fox News National and they said, we have the Lindquist report and we wanted to talk to you about it. And I said, really? Where did you get the Lindquist report? I don't think you have it. And they said, oh, yeah, yeah, I got it from the chairman. And I said, no, you didn't. I don't think this is a good way to start out with you lying to me because I know the chairman would never release it because he told me he would never release it to anyone. And he's like, oh, really? Like, dang it. (laughs) And tried to get me to talk. I wanted to, but I couldn't. And then I got a call from Robert Gerke with the Salt Lake Tribune, and he said that he had a copy of the report. And I said, I don't think so. And then he started quoting from it. I'm not exactly sure where he got it. I have my suspicions, but he actually did have a report and he was doing a story on it. Of course, the legislators say that we didn't have anything substantial and so did Swallow. I think we had the most substantial stuff of all, the most significant. Part of what we had was we had a recording of the former Attorney General, Mark Shortliffe, that preceded John Swallow. Mind you, he ended up facing a bunch of criminal charges himself for some of this stuff, and we'll talk about that later too. A recording of, that we obtained in our investigation of Mark Shirtliff and Jeremy Johnson talking. And in that recording, I can't play you excerpts from that one because it isn't public, but I can share some quotes that were in our report that were shared in the Tribune article. In that recording, Mark Shirtliff, the attorney general at the time, asks Jeremy Johnson if he thought John Swallow kept some of the $250,000 that Johnson had paid to Richard Rall the, on the payday loans. Magnet guy. And Jeremy answers and says, for sure he did. Swallow had forever insisted that he didn't get any of that money. And Jeremy says, the quote The only way that the feds would get my cooperation is if they promised me that they were going to give John the worst thing that could happen to John is that he doesn't get to be the AG Jeremy said and Mark Sherlev says well he'd be disbarred well maybe not disbarred but when you really think of it and then Jeremy interrupts and says but they the problem is Mark talking to the attorney general they will pursue him they will put him in prison they'll wreck his family they will They will do everything they did to me, only worse. And it's not just John. It's far. It's even higher than that. And Mark Shirtliff asks, is it me? Now, this is all in a Tribune article. And Jeremy says, no, no, no. It has nothing to do with you. It's Harry Reid, Johnson says. So the deal is, you pay Harry Reid's guy, and Harry Reid makes your problems go away. And I'm telling you, he does it. And it's true. And it's happened over and over again. And I saw it with the poker guys and I saw it with others. He goes on to explain in their discussions, Mark Shurtleff, the attorney general, advises Jeremy Johnson to accept a plea deal from the federal prosecutor, Brent Ward, who was handling Johnson's, Jeremy's case at the time, and then to back out of it when he gets in front of the judge. And Johnson did exactly that. In January of 2013, he blew up a plea deal which included immunity for the then Attorney General John Swallow. And you are going to hear all about that crazy stuff later, but let's get back into our episode. So there's this one more loose end about the, the Jeremy Johnson Swallow stuff that I want to get into. Okay. And then we're going to take, then we'll take a break for one episode. I want to just t- take a break from all this white collar crime and get back into the dirty blue collar crime. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And then we'll go right back into the Jeremy Johnson okay. trial. So we'll, we'll be done with Swallow pretty much and it will be primarily Jeremy. Okay, So perfect. So, there were two things that really, really disturbed me in the investigation. And the two that bothered me the most were the one we talked about in the last episode about how... And, like, truly, when you talk about money, this stuff costing the citizens of Utah... It's crazy. It is so crazy. I mean, think about... You're in education, Shelley. Yes. And in education, you guys are fighting... Tooth and nail for, for every penny. I hear money, all the time. Yeah? Mm-hmm. I hear constantly how teachers are always buying their own markers yep. and and paper and stuff for the kids to do projects. And
2: we rely which is, on a lot of donations from companies or from PTA. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right. Yeah, it can be pretty. And stressful. in the
0: meantime, while that was happening. We had this law firm from New York come into Utah uh-huh. and, in my opinion, take advantage of the good-heartedness of our... Oh, totally. ...our legislative committee, and and I think they came, they were wolves in sheep's clothing, like Rich explained in our yes. last episode. Yes. I thought that was so shady, unethical of them to take $4 million, over $4 million from our state when they didn't disclose the conflict of interest. Right.
2: It's one thing to come in and do a job and get paid for it. And I'm not saying that they're not worth that yes. whatever, or whatever your business right. is. But to do it under like that, that's not right on so many levels. And it gives yeah. attorneys such a bad name. Well,
0: like I say to Rich, I say this to Rich and to Troy <laughs> all the time. It's really unfortunate for you guys because ninety nine percent of the lawyers out there give you guys a bad name. Yes, for
2: sure. <laughs> so, yeah,
0: <laughs> you are the one percent that don't contribute to that bad reputation. Right. So today, I want to talk about the other part of this okay. that the House investigation that that really was disturbing to okay. me, that I think affected the people the most. All the other stuff like whether John Swallow and Mark Shirtliff. And you know there was this stuff I don't know if people if you're not from Utah, you probably don't know this, but part of the stuff that sparked the investigation was that Mark Shirtliff and John Swallow were going to this fancy resort in Orange County, California okay. on a guy's dime that they charged him criminally and then as part of it, they're like they kind of became friends with this guy, which is interesting as them being the guys that were policing it and charging him. And they kind of and and he became a friend of mine. We may have him come on at some point because I make friends with all the criminals out there. <laughs> no.
2: <laughs> not all of them, but this, some of them. Yeah, and, Jeremy was railroaded, man. Was oh, he really was railroaded. Yeah.
0: And Mark Jensen, they were using Mark Jensen's home, and I'm I'm not talking like any home. This is not just any home in Orange County. Like it was like twenty thousand a month to. have to maintain that property and mark and john the the former attorney generals would go out there and use his place and they would go golfing at this resort and then they went to the clubhouse and they charged i remember like the big story in the news is that they charged an argyle sweater on mark jensen's account and to me yeah that's unethical i agree
2: yeah but but who's mark
0: Jensen. He's he's another character, and that's so. It's a like a totally different. It's such a far cry from where we are. It's it's connected. It's this is like an octopus with, a like just tentacles tentacles everywhere,
2: everywhere. So it's a
0: separate case, and I didn't go into it because it's just very complicated. But that was he was actually part of this whole thing, and we may at some point do his case. We probably will, but. That was a huge story in the news, like front page, like did he? Mark Shurtleff and John Swallow signed in the gift shop for this, meaning that it was charged to Mark Jensen okay. while they were in their political positions. And that was horrible to me. This part that we're going to talk about right now is way more horrible to me than a couple Argo sweaters. Okay. And again, I am not discounting that other stuff. I'm not saying it's right. But when you talk about levels of right, this is, like, so far down that road. So, remember the housing crisis that happened in, like, 2008, 9, and 10. And the whole country, like, dropped to its knees. All these banks were lending money to people that really had no business buying a home, nonetheless. like And letting them just be mortgaged to the hilt on all these things. So, part of that became part of the house investigation and what happened was there was and Rich rich handled more of that than I did which is again why I have you here rich because not only to help raise our IQ but because you actually had more experience with this so I okay so as part of this in the final report there is part of the report explains how there was a lawsuit by a couple of citizens in Utah against the Bank of America because okay. Bank of America started foreclosing on their home, and they felt like they, were, they had illegal foreclosure practices. And okay, what came to light at the Attorney General's office was, and Mark Shortliff was the Attorney General at the time, John Swallow was the Deputy AG at the time. And what they learned was, and you guys are not going to believe like what happened on this. It is so crazy. In my opinion, I'm like, holy crap. Okay. This is so much worse than an argyle sweater, and the argyle sweater was front page news. Like okay. what? This is bigger. This affected more people. We're talking tens of millions of dollars, and we're not talking about tens of millions of dollars to people that are millionaires. Right. I'm talking about middle class citizens. Person. Okay. Yes. There were over ten thousand. They estimate ten thousand homes that were affected by the Bank of America foreclosing on their homes. Okay.
1: Well, the practice that they were using that was wrongful was that Utah provides that the foreclosure under a trust deed has to go through a title company, an attorney, or some other entity that's designated by state law. And Bank of America, the recon trust, the arm of Bank America that, that was foreclosing was none of those things. So all of those foreclosures were flawed. and bank of america stood to lose billions of dollars nationwide it was a big big deal for bank of yeah. america
2: how is bank of america still in working then still surviving <laughs> i think ulti-
1: i think ultimately the settlement agreement that bank of america agreed to and this was at least two billion and i'm i'm thinking it was beyond that two and a half to four wow. billion dollars wow well it, it looks like the way this made it into to the report was that one of the plaintiffs in that foreclosure suit was a, their last name was Bell. They had been one of those participants and they held a fundraiser in behalf of John Swallow. And here's a case too, I did some of the interviews here with the Assistant Attorneys General who worked for uh, Shurtleff and Swallow, I think. The AG's office was really doing a good thing here. They, this. W- oh, I do too.
0: They were doing a great thing, yeah. And they were going to win this lawsuit. It was a federal oh, wait. lawsuit.
2: They wait, were going. You lost me. Okay, so they. How did the, the AG office get involved? Well, in this?
1: okay. Here's the while this was going on.
2: While what was going on?
1: While the lawsuit with Bank of America was going on. Okay. Against, but from the
0: Bells against Bank of America. Okay. The state of Utah thought. When they learned what kind of foreclosure practices were happening,
2: from the Mark Shirtliff
0: from the bank, okay, Mark Shirtliff, and then they learned there were tens over ten thousand homeowners affected by this in Utah. Okay, so he said this is worthy of the attorney general's office in the state of Utah to sue Bank of America, kind of like a class action suit. So they oh, okay. sued Bank of America on behalf of those ten thousand plus citizens, people. homeowners. Okay. And as part of that, Bank of America was going to have to pay to Utah and these victims of their wrongful practices tens of millions of dollars. Okay. Which would be awesome for people that had just lost their Everything. homes wrongfully. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And all of a sudden, they did. the Attorney General's office decides we're going to dismiss this case. Wait
2: a and minute. that's Wait. where... Wait a minute, who, who, Shirtliff and those guys decided?
0: Shirtliff decided.
2: Okay.
0: He told them, and they went to court and said we want to dismiss this, and Judge Jenkins said, I am not inclined to do this, I, if I dismiss this case, do you understand, you can't refile this case. Like, this is very, very serious.
1: He told the uh, Assistant Attorneys General to ask John Swallow to come over and, T- tell him is this really what you're going to do as the new AG
0: he did but it started with Mark Shirtliff. yeah Mark Shirtliff was dismissing the lawsuit right and he okay. in fact as part of his dismissal the attorneys that were handling the case he crossed out their names and he wrote his name as the person dismissing it
2: wait can you do like that he key? overrode
1: them yeah he's the attorney general when they sign things, they sign things in behalf of him. He was the Attorney General, they were assistants. So when they represent people, they're representing the Attorney General's office, Mark Shurtleff, as an assistant. So in a oh. sense, they have a he has authority to do it all. But he delegates that to his assistant. So they had authority okay. from him, but he could go in and supersede their authority in any case. He was okay. the guy. He had the authority to do whatever he decided to do.
0: So he crossed out their name, wrote his name, and then they take it to court. So when the assistant attorney general takes that to court, Judge Jenkins, the federal judge, said, You understand if we do this, this case is dismissed. You can't get it back. And he was just about to rule in favor of the state of Utah.
1: That's right. Oh, you're kidding. Right.
0: Yeah, and he said, you are going to win this case. Are you sure you want to dismiss it? And the assistant said, yeah, I do. This is what I'm told to do. This is what we're doing. And he said, I am not going to accept this, because they were just transitioning from Mark Shurtleff as the attorney general to John Swallow. Okay. And for that reason, he said, I am going to wait to see what the new attorney general does. Okay. Because... It just me it seemed being,
2: weird. Yeah. being
0: just the average Joe Blow here. I'm thinking to me that sounds like he was saying, hey, you're going to win. And I don't know why this attorney, why Shirtliff would dismiss this. I'm going to let Swallow come in here and save the day. Okay. However, when Swallow got in and became the head attorney general, because he was the deputy to Mark Shortliff. remember, when he became the head honcho...
2: He, didn't he dismissed save it.
0: the case. Oh. He did not save the day. He dismissed it, and that and was a huge part people. of our investigation. So, yes.
2: why was this was this on the news?
0: It was. It wasn't as big of a story as I thought it should have been. Yeah, that's because to of me,
2: because affect, you know the la- that affect me and my neighbor and my town. exactly
0: because here's my point. Hey, no one gets affected by the argyle sweater yeah. or the golf round yeah. in Orange County. So here's here's and an this is article. All
2: this, this is, is all public, public information. Okay. Yep.
0: And then Tom Harvey with the Salt Lake Tribune, who I absolutely completely trust Tom. I got to know Tom later, and I will introduce everyone to him at a later date. I love Tom. Okay. The title of the article that Tom did about this is, Charges Tie Shirtlift Job Interview to Bank of America Deal.
2: Okay, say it again. Charges,
0: Charges Tie the Bank of America Deal to Mark Shirtliff.
2: Okay. So I here's think that through okay.
0: Right So here's how his article starts Then Attorney General Mark Shurtleff Interviewed for a job with a law firm That represents Bank of America Just two months before he personally wait, signed Wait Yeah It was just two months before he personally signed A settlement of a lawsuit against the financial giant Over whether it was legally foreclosing on homes in Utah
2: I am telling you This is enough to piss a person off. Every time you turn around, somebody's scratching someone else's back. Yeah. And it's not to our support. That's a of Crap. Wow.
0: Yeah. Disclosure of the two days of job interviews was included in criminal charges that were filed against Shirtliff and his handpicked successor, John Swallow. Wow. And it says, by agreeing at the end of 2012 to dismiss the federal lawsuit against Bank of America... Shurtleff scuttled what attorneys in his own office believed was the strongest case that the bank's foreclosure arm, Recon Trust, had been illegally foreclosing on thousands of Utah homes. One estimate put the possible loss to Utah homeowners from the dismissal at tens of millions of dollars.
2: Oh my gosh. Yeah. So is this part of why Swallow resigned? Right. No,
0: Swallow resigned before this stuff came out.
2: Okay. So now that this is over and Shirtliff has already left and Swallow has resigned, can the community, can the people go after Shirtliff because he stopped that because of a conflict of interest?
0: Well, not once it's dismissed, it's gone. And that was why the judge oh, was saying...
2: You- Are you sure you
0: want to do this? Okay. And here it says the attorney general's office intervened. Now I'm quoting from Tom's article in the Tribune. It says the attorney general's office intervened in 2012 in the lawsuit brought by homeowners Timothy and Jennifer Bell after U.S. District Judge Jenkins issued a ruling that was highly critical of Bank of America's position that it was illegally operating under the laws of Texas, where recon trust is located when it foreclosed in Utah. Here it says, Shurtleff crossed off the names of far- Faraway and another assistant attorney general and personally signed a notice of dismissal of the case on December 27th of 2012, just days before he left office after three terms as-, as the attorney general.
2: To go to work for the bank.
0: Well, he didn't work for the bank. He worked for the law firm that represented the bank. If I remember correctly, I think his salary was about 600000 a year.
2: Listen... Tomato, tomato, potato, potato. That's a bunch of crap.
0: And it says, Shirtliff's calendar showed that on October 30th and 31st of 2012, he interviewed for a job with Troutman Sanders, of which Bank of America is a major client.
2: You know, this is really hard to listen to. I wasn't part of the bankruptcies. It doesn't affect me financially. What's hard for me is, once again, the little people got taken. You know, right. because of a job offer or because of a sleight of hand or because of a what do you call it, a poker nod or right. all of this stuff. It just does not seem It's so it, crazy. It's so wrong on so it many is. levels. It is. It's and frustrating. Uh,
0: of course Shirtliff said said in here it says Shirtliff said Wednesday there was no connection between his landing the job at Troutman Sanders and his decision to dismiss the case.
2: Oh yeah, of course. And I would have believed that. So yeah. Yeah, and I have oceanfront yeah. property in Utah, so come oh, on. Oh, you over. do!
0: I would love to stay there. Yeah,
2: yeah. Just call me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
0: but Sherliff actually resigned from that firm in May of 2013, shortly after the Tribune and some other reporters had brought this to light, and oh, he was okay. he was not very happy about that.
2: Oh, you think? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> think of all that money he just yeah.
0: Now Thomas. he said he resigned from the job because the traveling back and forth to New York to Utah was too much pressure on his family. Oh. T- time away from his family. Mm-hmm. I, uh-huh. you can reach your own conclusion.
2: And if not, call me and I'll help you reach your conclusion.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, call Sally. She will help you.
2: Have any questions? You- call me. I'll tell you how to think.
0: <laughs> so. Because, see, he was, I don't know if you guys remember or not. And those of you that aren't from here probably wouldn't remember. But Even he, from
2: us who are from Utah, I haven't heard of half this stuff. Right. I, you know, or if I did, I forgot.
0: So Shurtleff had served three very successful terms as attorney general. Okay. And he did so many things that I really loved and appreciated that he was doing. He probably could have stayed in there for another two terms. Who knows? Uh-huh. And he was going to go and run for the U.S. Senate. He was going to take that step from the AG's office to the U.S. Senate. Okay. And then all of a sudden, he pulled his hat out of the ring as U.S. Senate and said, no, I'm taking a job in New York. And I was, everyone was kind of shocked, right. but it allowed Swallow to step into that spot.
1: Uh, I remember there was a lot of innuendo that once this became public, that this was such a breach of trust by... Mark Sherloff that Troutman Sanders the law firm told him he had to leave so Wow I mean that's everybody's uh, that's the implication yeah but, I mean if you obviously if you're a lawyer practicing with big companies throughout the country and they say oh you're taking bribes or doing something illegal you're pretty much done you're not any value yeah. to that company anymore that that yeah. law firm
2: because the law firm was representing the bank that was taking everybody right. anyway. So let's not forget that part that, oh, I'm going to slap him down because it doesn't look good for us. But in the meantime, we just made a hell of a lot of money from all of these people that didn't get their money. Yeah. Yeah. Again, the right hand, you know, pot calling the kettle black, I guess, is what this one is.
0: And I actually had had lunch a couple of times to meet Mark Shirtliff after we were fired from the house investigation. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I think he was curious about, well because he was facing criminal charges. So he was trying to gather information from me and I was trying to gather from him. And it felt a little similar to our, my meeting with Karen, Jeremy's assistant, when she was worried that I was recording every, with every device that Rich and I had some secret recorder going on. Gotcha. We had almost the same level of trust in our, in my first meeting with, with Mark Shurtleff. Yeah. Uh, but we we actually both benefited quite a lot because we learned a lot and i what I can tell you is he was very upset about losing his job in New York, and the bells that actually filed the original lawsuit that were the first people that started that whole thing uh-huh what what Richard had mentioned that they were a lot of the House report refers to all these fundraisers that they they started doing some campaign fundraising for John Swallows. Campaign to be the attorney general, and then,
1: even then though the case was it.
0: dismissed, yeah. So you think, well, wait, how does that benefit them? But they were like the only people that reached a settlement that benef- that they got any kind of financial benefit back.
2: Wait a minute. Now, and now you're doing all these fundraising because all of these people didn't get any money except me. Of course, I'll fundraise for you. How well, can that, they how can that work No, no, they, they threw...
0: fundraise, they fundraised. they were fundraising first, which was part of the investigation, and their attorney, I have to say, their attorney says that the fundraising had nothing to do with their settlement.
2: Right. They stop it all and the judge flat out said you can never do this again. Then how well, did Bells get any money?
0: But Bells didn't stop it. I don't think the Bells really wanted that stopped. It was Mark Shirtliff. And then John Swallow that right, right. stopped it. No, but they but stopped as, it.
2: But the judge said if you stop it, you can't bring this up, this lawsuit, or any benefits right. to the people. Right, so it was
0: not part of the lawsuit. There was a separate settlement made oh, for okay. the Bells.
2: That's what I was saying. For wondering. the Bells. Like, yeah. The judge just said you couldn't do it. How did they get money? So that was right. a sidekick. I don't from know. From whomever you think. They got money.
0: You're jumping to conclusions, Shelly. Yes.
2: And I laughed all the way to the (laughs) bank, Mr. and Mrs. Bell. Okay. Well, I don't even know who they are. Bell, hell. I I don't know. Hell's bells. So did, okay. So as he's leaving the office and he gets picked up with this law, this law firm and Swallow comes in and Swallow isn't in very long, and he resigns. Is that about the same time frame? as... No, it was several
1: months later before John resigned. Which one? Resigned. Which
2: one was several months later?
1: Uh, Swallows resignation. It wasn't until late, was it? Two thousand thirteen. So was it not- was
0: November of thirteen. So he resigned, and it didn't take effect until December. Yep. So Shirtless had moved, moved
2: on, and then ended up being cut, fired, released, yes. whatever you want to say. Or and- according to him.
0: He, quit. he resigned.
2: Okay, so yeah. he resigned. And then Swallow is moving on, and it was after Shirtlift left that Swallow ended up with the AG and then resigning himself. Yes. Okay. Correct. I wasn't sure which one came first. Okay.
0: Wow. Yes. Wow. Yeah. So it is such crazy stuff. Yeah. Like. And those are the two things, and that's why I those are the parts that, in my opinion really affected the citizens of Utah. The $4 million that went to Aiken Gump that could have been used for education
2: or anything else. Everything goes to the roads. Yeah, every, (laughs) yeah. My retirement, Uh, if I die, goes to the roads, I'm sure. I'm not
0: saying we shouldn't have done it, right? (laughs) There really should have been an investigation. True. But I don't like the direction that the investigation went. And,
2: And the conflict of interest is my issue.
0: Yeah. Yes. And then the Bank of America stuff, I don't yeah. like how that didn't protect the citizens. Yeah. But as far as like the investigation and the direction that that went, we haven't even begun to learn why we got fired, really. Why we got stopped, why this all happened. I'm just telling you like this happened and you're I'm kind of trying to do this real-time like chronologically yes. so you uh-huh. guys are as shocked as I am. And, and as shocked as Rich was that, wow, these guys are finding some of the biggest stuff and they're the ones that get fired. How did this happen and why? Right.
2: Right.
0: We won't learn why for a while longer. Okay. It wasn't until I got in much deeper in the Jeremy Johnson case that I learned why this happened to us in the Swallow case. Okay. And okay. it is so shocking, so crazy
2: well, this is setting the foundation. All of this is setting the foundation All of, of this. where we're going. Yes. Holy Hannah.
0: So it is some crazy stuff. But I I love that people are interested. I love that, <laughs> that everyone cares. Well, and,
2: It's like, grab your popcorn because you're not going to believe this
0: one. You're, <laughs> you're not going to believe it. Up,
2: you know? And if you
0: don't believe this part, wait until we get into the rest because it gets more crazy, more shocking as we go. It is the most fascinating case I've ever done.
2: This is crazy. Okay, give so us a thank hint. Thank you.
0: <laughs> no, I'm not. <laughs> right I'm she not going to do. Wait until next time. Wait until next time. So, thank you for listening to Pamela <laughs> Private Eye.